Okay. Gonna get started in a little bit with some praise and worship. Yep. Okay, so we're gonna do the base, the, the original, the main ones that we do since time is short lived here. All right. Okay. That is who you are. 
that is who you are. Yes, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. Way maker, miracle worker, 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 way maker, miracle worker. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop working. Even when I can't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop. You never stop. Working, you never stop, you never stop working. Even when I can't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Yeah, miracle worker, the light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Waymaker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, 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 Alone in a room, it's just me and you. 
so lost Cause I don't know what to do Now what if I choose The wrong thing to do I'm so afraid Afraid I'm disappointing you So I need to talk to you and ask you for your guidance, especially today, when my life is so cloudy, got me on to I'm sure I open up my heart. Ooh, yeah. My hopes and dreams are fading fast I'm over that I don't think my strength's gonna last So I'm crying out I'm crying out to you is able to pull me through so I know I need to talk to you and ask you for your guidance especially today when my life feels so cloudy Lord guide me until I'm sure I open my heart, oh yeah, yes I do, so show me how to do things your way, don't let me make the same mistake over and over again, you're Especially today, when my life feels so cloudy, Lord, guide me on to I'm sure. I open, I open, I open my heart. One word will make a difference in what I do, Lord. Guide me until I'm sure. I open, I open, I open, I open my heart. Just one word to make a difference, Lord. Guide me until I show. I open, I open, I open, I open my heart. One word. 
I'll do one more. Okay. I'm all for it. All right. Well, you know what? We're just going to go ahead and start into it. Sorry. (laughs) All right. We just had had to do the the worship. More worship. Another time. Three songs. I'll give y'all another time. Huh? Oh. I thought we're going to have a singing singing um, class today. Well, I hope y'all, you enjoyed. I hope you enjoyed those two songs. Okay. Alright. It was nice. It was very nice. Okay. Uh, you needed a little help there. I gave you a little help. <laughs> <laughs> what should be? Hey. <laughs> Can you hear me help you out a little bit? Yeah, I heard you. We was, um, E-Man was helping. <laughs> I was helping a little bit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> all right. What y'all been doing all day? Hanging out. Uh-huh. Hanging out, but... Well, look, we'll talk about it afterwards, because Daryl's ready to get on get on with the sermon now. All right, come on. All right. All right, come on. Come on, Daryl. Bring it on. I'm, I'm ready to be praised up. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. I just got off a prayer meeting. Oh, that's, that's great. You know, we gotta... We gotta just like in the last sermon, I don't know if you if you got to listen to the last one. I know Trent did, but like we we gotta stay focused on him at all times, face towards him at all times. Like he's like Jesus is in all things. He's always there, but he just wants us yeah. to acknowledge him yeah. that he's there. That's what he wants. He wants us to acknowledge him in all that we do, even if we turn right, <laughs> even if we like. Well, I, I I don't know if I want to go left or right today, Jesus. Should I go left or right? That's all he wants. That's all he wants to acknowledge him in everything, absolutely everything we do. So we go ahead and start off with a a short prayer and we'll go right into the sermon. Father, Jesus, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. You are so good, Jesus. You are mighty, Jesus. You are wonderful, Jesus. You are uplifting, Jesus. You, Jesus, are are encouraging us, Jesus. You You are encouraging the multitude, Jesus. Your church, Jesus. 
your, your, your multitude, Jesus, your body, Jesus. You are encouraging us to do right, Jesus. You are refining us to do right, Jesus. You are showing us the way, Jesus. You are restoring us, Jesus, and steering us, Jesus. For you, Jesus, you are our teacher, Jesus. You are our father, Jesus. You are our caretaker, Jesus. You are our doctor and our physician, Jesus. You are all of those things and more, Jesus. And we love you, Jesus. And we ask you for your guidance today, Jesus, that you anoint us, Jesus, that you carry us through your word, Jesus. By your Holy Spirit, Jesus, teach us the true meaning of your word, what you mean when you speak these words, when you say these words, when you speak through our spirits, Jesus, speak through us, Jesus, and speak to us, Jesus. Give us dreams, Jesus. Give us revelations, Jesus. Give us, Jesus, realizations, Jesus, of what you want us to do, what you need us to do in our personal lives, Jesus. You have spoken a truth, Jesus, over our, over our personal lives, Jesus. You have spoken a truth, Jesus. Do not let anything take that away. Do not let Satan snatch that away, Jesus. But let us believe, Jesus, that truth. May we have faith, Jesus. Fill us up with faithfulness, Jesus. Bless us, Jesus, with a strong faith, Jesus, in that truth that you have spoken over us, Jesus. And again, Jesus, we want to continue to pray, Jesus. We want to pray, Jesus. Sister Nikki, Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, Jesus, she asks us, Jesus, to pray, Jesus, over addiction, Jesus, that no one is plagued by addiction. No one is plagued by the things that they don't want, Jesus. For your spirit, your Holy Spirit is the solution, Jesus. Paul said, Jesus, that all day, Jesus, he, he does, Jesus. He thinks about Jesus. He moves, Jesus, in the ways that he doesn't want, Jesus. But your Holy Spirit is here for correction, Jesus. And we are all here to correct each other, Jesus. We are all here to help, to help each other and to hold each other and to lift each other up. Jesus, through fellowship, Jesus, through prayer, Jesus, direct us today, Jesus, in this sermon, Jesus, direct my mouth, Jesus, direct me, Jesus, and direct all of us, Jesus, to share, Jesus, and to have understanding and give wisdom, Jesus, hallelujah, you are so good, Jesus, thank you for this fellowship today, Jesus, and we say hallelujah, amen, in the holy name of Jesus, and so this, this sermon is, is so interesting, this one is so interesting, because this sermon talks about um, that Jesus, sometimes Jesus comes with the storm. Sometimes Jesus comes with the storm. And um, this is really, this is really significant. This is really significant. Um, one of the main um, scriptures um, that most of us know is in Matthew 14, Matthew 14, 13 through 36. In Matthew 14, 13 through 36, Jesus just finishes feeding the 5,000. And he tells, he tells his disciples, he goes, he walks to the shore, he tells his disciples, meet me on the other side. Meet me on the other side of the lake. And so, he walks across the water. He walks. He walks across. He walks across the waters. And there's a storm. Okay? So Matthew 14, 13 through 36. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place apart. And when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them and he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place 
And the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the villages and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, They need not depart. Give ye them to eat. And they say unto him, We have here but five loaves and two fishes. He said, Bring them hither to me. And he commanded the multitude to sit down on the grass and took the five loaves and the two fishes and looked up to heaven. He blessed and break and gave the loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled and they took up the fragments that remained 12 baskets full. And they that had eaten were about 5,000 men beside women and children. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away and when he had sent the multitudes away he went up into a mountain apart to pray and when the evening was come he was there alone okay so Matthew 14 now we're at 24 but the ship was now in the midst of the sea tossed with waves for the wind was contrary well, the wind was rough or blowing against the, the ship or the boat. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. This is the, this is the Sea of, of Galilee, by the way. They were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out in fear. They cried out in fear, not being sure of what they were seeing. And so this is always an interesting um, scripture because, you know, you can imagine, you know, I'm pretty sure, Ms. Rose, you can imagine seeing something like this and not knowing, not knowing what you were looking at. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, it is a spirit. And they cried out in fear, but straightway. Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. So he said he told him to come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous or rough, he was afraid and beginning to sink. He cried saying, Lord, save me. Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? This is in the storm. This is Peter, who was given the keys of the kingdom. In the storm, Peter is doubting. And when they were come into the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of truth, of a truth, thou art the Son of God. And when they were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch the hem of his garment. And as many as touched were made perfectly whole. And so Jesus, it says that Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. 
out of the storm. The, the, the ship was now in the midst of, a, of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And the disciples saw him walking on the sea. So Jesus came with the storm. He came with the storm saying, be of good cheer. It is I be not afraid. Sometimes Jesus will speak to us out of the storms telling us, be not afraid. I'm, I'm here to help you. Not all storms are, are, are bad. Not all storms are bad. We had a, um, an incident about a week and a half ago. And, um, or rather an event. We um, went camping. And we were praying hard because we suffered from, from some spiritual attacks. And we were praying hard, very, very hard. And um, against witchcraft. And we were at this, this um, camp. And um, Ashley, my, my wife, was telling me, you know, we, we, we probably should leave a little bit before 3 o'clock or 4 o'clock. And... We kind of we were at the beach at this campsite along this lake, and we seen the clouds starting to get a little darker and a little lower, and we're like we kind of we kind of lingered there a little bit longer than we than we should have. I think it was probably about three o'clock by the time we actually started moving, and um, so we went back to our campsite. We're like, well, we're gonna pack up our stuff real quick. Doesn't take that long, and uh, we'll get back back here to Mitchell and um, it took us a little bit well actually we got it packed up pretty fast but the storm moved in so fast and so we had to run to the tornado shelter and the tornado shelter was the bathroom of the of the campgrounds and the storm came in so fast the winds picked up so fast and while we we're in that bathroom we decided to pray. We prayed and we invited everybody in that was in there. There's about six other adults in there with us besides us and our children. And um, we started praying. And we felt his 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 comfort. We felt Jesus' comfort telling us, be not afraid. I'm I'm doing something for you right now. And and the interesting thing is when we um, look to see where the main epicenter of where the storm hit, it was in um, Salem, South Dakota, which is, is known for uh, the witch trials. And so sometimes when Jesus comes through this, these storms, it's not a bad thing. It's not, oh, you know, we're not supposed to be afraid that he's, he's, he's working out something. He's coming to work on our behalf. Okay, and so... The next scripture that we're going to go to that Jesus led me to is Exodus 19.9. Exodus 19.9. This is interesting because Jesus is actually telling Exodus us. 99? Exodus 19.9. Okay. 19.9. Exodus 19.9. He actually says to the Hebrews, he's saying, I'm coming I'm going to come in a thick cloud. Okay, Exodus 19, 9. And the Lord said unto Moses, Lo, I come unto thee in a thick cloud, that the people may hear when I speak 
with thee and believe thee forever. And Moses told the words of the people unto the Lord. And we and so this this thing, this has been passed down through so many generations. Um, I remember when I was little, my grandmother used to say to me um, that when there was a, ever there was a thunderstorm, she would say, be quiet, Daryl. Um, when you hear a thunderstorm, um, God is talking. God is speaking. And so we've heard yeah. that. We've all heard that. The next scripture that Jesus led me to is Exodus 19, 17 through 20. So we're going to go down just a little bit more. 17 through 20. And Moses brought forth the people out of the camp to meet with God. And they stood at the nether part of the mount. And Mount Sinai was altogether on a smoke because the Lord descended upon it in fire and the smoke thereof ascended as the smoke of a furnace. And the whole mount quaked greatly. And when the voice of the trumpet sounded long and waxed louder and louder, Moses spake and God answered him by a voice. And the Lord came down upon Mount Sinai on the top of the mount. And the Lord called Moses up to the top of the mount. And Moses went up. And so, you know, this is, this is one of the scriptures where the people talk about being, uh, being afraid, being, being um, scared, shaking. You know, and I think this is something that has been ingrained into our heart, into our soul. You know, that it was, it was um, the being, God coming in a, in, a, in a physical way was very impactful on us. So whenever we hear these thunderstorms, whenever we hear of a storm and we know there's a storm close, we, it, 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 we were nervous. We're a little bit nervous about that. But like my grandmother said, it's, it's and, and many of our, our, our older folks and our parents have told us, like, Jesus is speaking. Jesus comes with the storm. Sometimes he comes with the storm. Okay? The next scripture that we're going to go to is Exodus 16, 9 through 12. Exodus 16, 9 through 12. We're going to go back a little bit. And Moses spake unto them, unto Aaron, Say unto the congregation of the children of Israel, Come near before the Lord, for he have heard your murmurings. And it came to pass, as Aaron spake unto the whole congregation of the children of Israel, that they looked toward the wilderness, and behold, the glory of the Lord appeared in the cloud. So it's always, it's always seems, it's always clouds. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, I have heard the murmuring of the children of Israel speak unto them, saying, At even ye shall eat flesh, and in the morning ye shall be filled with bread, and ye shall know that I am the Lord your God. And so, again, it's not something to be afraid of. He's coming to bring us something. Jesus is coming with the storm to bring us something most of the time. Jesus um, led me to Exodus 40. If we turn to Exodus 40... Just up a little bit further towards the end of Exodus. Actually, it's the last chapter of Exodus. Exodus 40, 34 through 38, the last few lines. It says here, Then a cloud covered the tent of the congregation, and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And Moses was not able to enter into the tent of the congregation because the cloud abode thereon and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. And when the cloud was taken up from over the tabernacle, the children of Israel went onward in all their journeys. But if the cloud were not taken up, then they journeyed not till the day that it was taken up. 
For the cloud of the Lord was upon the tabernacle by day, and fire was on it by night, in the sight of all the house of Israel throughout all their journeys. And so he comes to bring us something. He comes to bring us direction, or he comes to bring us um, a truth or a revelation. He comes in the cloud. He comes with the storm. Sometimes he comes with the storm. Okay? Um, if we turn here to 1 Kings 19. 1 Kings 19. Jesus led me to 1 Kings 19. We can read a little bit more about the same thing. 1 Kings 19, 9 through 18. 1 Kings 19, 9 through 18. And he came thither unto a cave and lodged there. This is, a, this is Elijah. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him. And he said unto him, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, God of hosts, for the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left. And they seek my life to take it away. And he said, Go forth and stand upon the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And a great and strong wind rent the mountains and break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. You hear that? So he passed by and it was a strong wind. This is like a storm. And break in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire. But the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. That's why, you know, our older folks would tell us, like, you got to be quiet. You have to, have to, we have to have more quiet so we can hear him speaking to us. You know, you can look at the earthquake like a storm on the, a storm in the earth. The earthquake is like a storm in the earth. You know, the fire, you know, is always like a storm in the earth. So that still, small voice, he heard the still, small voice. And it was so, when Elijah heard it, that he wrapped his face in his mantle and went out and stood in the entering in of the cave. And behold, there came a voice unto him and said, What doest thou here, Elijah? And he said, I have been very jealous for the Lord, the God of hosts, because the children of Israel have forsaken thy covenant, thrown down thine altars, and slain thy prophets with the sword. And I, even I, only am left, and they seek my life to take it away. So Elijah sought out Jesus. He sought out Jesus. He's seeking out Jesus, and Jesus is answering him. The storm came, it calmed, and then he heard a voice. And now he's, he's, he's responding to Elijah in line 15 of, of, of uh, 1 Kings 19. And the Lord said unto him, Go return on thy way to the wilderness of Damascus, and when thou comest, anoint Haziel to be king over Syria, and Jehu the son of Nimshi shall, be, shall, anoint thou, shall thou anoint to be king over Israel, and Elisha the son of Shaphat of Ab 
Abel Mohola shall thou anoint to be prophet in thy room, and it shall come to pass that him that escapeth the sword of Haziel shall Jehu slay, and him that escapeth from the sword of Jehu shall Elisha slay. Yet I have left me seven thousand in Israel, all the knees which have not bowed unto Baal, and every mouth which have not kissed him. So through that, through that storm, Elijah braved through that storm, as, as some say, braved through that storm, outlasted, waited through that storm to hear Jesus speak, and he spoke to him and told him that you're not alone. He came to bring him something. If we go back just a little bit, Jesus led me to 1 Kings 8. We read here in 1 Kings 8. Jesus led me to 1 Kings 8 and line 10. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place that the cloud filled the house of the Lord. Okay? The cloud filled the house of the Lord. This is when Solomon dedicated the temple. If we go to um, 2 Chronicles, we can read the same account that's a little bit more detailed. 2 Chronicles 5. Jesus led me to 2 Chronicles 5, 12 through 14. We read here. Also the Levites, which were the singers, all of them, of Asaph, of Heman, of Jedithun, with their sons and their brethren, being arrayed in white linen, having cymbals and psalteries and harps, stood at the east end of the altar, and with them and a hundred and twenty priests, sounding with trumpets. It came even to pass, as the trumpeters and the singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord, when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music, and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good. For his mercy endured forever, that then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister by reason of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. And so he's coming to bring something. He's, in this case, he's bringing a blessing. He's blessing the house. He's blessing the temple. Jesus led me to um, here to 1 Kings 18. We go to 1 Kings 18, 38-45. This is right before the same account that we read um, of Elijah, okay? Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. And when all the people saw it, they fell on their faces and they said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. And Elijah said unto them, Take the prophets of Baal, let none of them escape. And they took them. And Elijah brought them down to the book the brook Kishon and slew them there. And Elijah said unto Ahab, Get thee up, eat and drink, for there is a sound of, a, of, of abundance of rain. So Ahab went up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, and he cast himself down upon the earth and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, 
looked toward the sea, and he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And he said, Go again seven times. And it came to pass at the seventh time that he said, Behold, there ariseth a little cloud out of the sea, like a man's hand. And he said, Go up and say unto Ahab, Prepare thy chariot and get thee down, that the rain stop thee not. And it came to pass in the meanwhile that the heaven was black with clouds and wind, and there was a great rain, and Ahab rode and went to Jezreel. So that man's hand, the hand of Jesus, bringing rain, bringing the blessing, bringing abundance back to the land that was, that was uh, wiped out by famine was wiped out by a, by a drought at the time. Israel was in a complete drought. Jesus came and brought that blessing. So sometimes Jesus comes with the storm. We don't have to be afraid. We have to know that this time is coming. Like we're going to meet Jesus very soon. We have to know when we see these clouds, when we see these, these storms, like it's not always a bad thing that Jesus comes with the storm. We have to listen closely to what he's telling us. He's going to be taking us out of here very, very soon. Okay, um, Job 37. Jesus led me to Job 37. Job 37 talks a little bit about, ex explains this a little bit. Job 37. Jesus led me to Job 37, 9 through 17. Okay, everybody find, did everybody find Job 37? 37. 37, what's your verses? 9 through 17. Job 37, 9 through 17. This is very important. All right. Is everybody, everybody find it? Job 37. Yeah, I okay. got it. All right, starting at line 9. Out of the south, cometh the whirlwind and cold out of the north by the breath of God frost is given and the breath of the waters is straightened also by watering he wearieth the thick cloud he scattereth his bright cloud and it is turned round about by his counsels that he may do whatsoever he commandeth them upon the face of the world in the earth he caused it to come he causes to come. He causes the weather to come, the storms to come, the clouds to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. So we seen for the land in First Kings 18 when he he um there was there was that drought and Elijah called for the rain because he said it, 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 there's not going to rain for these this many years, and so, but he brought the rain back. He blessed the land just like what it says here. For his land, right? For correction, he brought it for correction with the Israelites in the wilderness in Exodus. For his land, like we read it again with Elijah, or for mercy, or for mercy, like what we seen when Jesus walked across the water on the Sea of Galilee, for mercy. Okay, and we're gonna read some in, in some other examples of that. So this is this is what he's saying. He causes it to come, whether for correction or for his land or for mercy. Hearken unto this, O Job. Stand still and consider the wondrous works of God. Dost thou know when God disposed them? 
and caused the light of his cloud to shine? Dost thou know the balancings of the clouds, the wondrous works of him which is perfect in knowledge, how thy garments are warm when he quitteth the earth by the south wind? Okay. We go to Job 38.1. Job experiences this. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, and he spoke the same way that he spoke to Elijah. He spoke to him out of the storm. In Job's case, it was a little bit different because Elijah, the storm calmed down and then Jesus spoke to Elijah. In this case, Jesus spoke to him straight out of the storm, straight out of the whirlwind, straight out of the winds. And he, he waited. Then the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind. So sometimes Jesus comes with that storm. Okay? If we go to, um, to Psalm 98, Jesus led me to Psalm 98. Psalm 98, 5 through 9. Okay. Psalm 98, 5 through 9. Sing unto the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the voice of a psalm, with trumpets and sound of cornet, make a joyful noise before the Lord the King. Let the sea roar, and the fullness thereof, the world, and they that dwell therein. So when we sing to, to Jesus, when we pray to Jesus, when we get everyone in a multitude, just like what we read in um, in 1 Kings, um, when Solomon and everybody joined with one voice, praising the Lord, singing with instruments and trumpets. They're saying here with the same thing with the harps. With trumpets and sound of a corner, make a joyful noise before the Lord. He he stirs, he stirred up. Jesus is stirred up. He's happy. Let the sea roar and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Let the floods clap their hands. Let the hills be joyful together before the Lord. For he cometh to judge the earth with righteousness. Shall he judge the world and the people with equity? That's exactly what the Israelites experience. We're going to experience that in the near future. And, you know, again, you know, what was Job saying? Job was saying that he comes for his land, for, for correction, and for mercy. For his land, for correction, and for mercy. Okay? If we go up, just um, back, just a, if we go up a little bit further, Jesus led me to Psalm 99, 5-7. Psalm 99, 5-7. Exalt ye the Lord our God and worship at his footstool, for he is holy. Moses and Aaron among his priests and Samuel among them that call upon his name. They called upon the Lord and he answered them. He spake unto them in the cloudy pillar. They kept his testimonies and the ordinance that he gave. Thou answerest them, O Lord our God. Thou was a God that forgavest them, though they took took his vengeance of their inventions, exalt the Lord our God and worship at his holy hill, for the Lord our God is holy. So he's speaking to us. He's speaking to the prophets. He's speaking to all of us out of these storms, out of the clouds. Okay? 
we if we go here to First Corinthians, Jesus led me to First Corinthians. First Corinthians ten. First Corinthians ten. First Corinthians ten, one through four. Moreover, brethren, I would not that ye should be ignorant how that all our fathers were under the cloud and all passed through the sea and were all baptized unto Moses in the cloud and in the sea and did all eat the same spiritual meat and did all drink the same spiritual drink. They drank of that spiritual rock that followed them and that rock was Christ. So they all passed through the cloud and the sea. Jesus came to, to deliver them. To deliver them and to bring them something. To deliver them something. That would help them. Okay? And we, we read about this in Exodus. This is what 1 Corinthians, this is what, what, what Paul was referring back to. Okay? If we go to, um, Jesus led me to Ezekiel 10. Another great example of this is in Ezekiel 10. Line 4 in Ezekiel 10. Then the glory of the Lord went up from the cherub and stood over the threshold of the house, and the house was filled with the cloud, and the court was full of the brightness of the Lord's glory. And so we have to, we have to continue to prepare ourselves for this. We have to prepare ourselves and know that, this, that when we're seeing these things, that we're that it's 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 Jesus speaking to us in another way. He speaks to us in so many different ways, through dreams, through visions, through revelations, through his word, through the Bible, but he also speaks to us out of the storm. Sometimes Jesus comes with the storm. Okay? Um, Jesus led me to Luke, Luke 9. Luke 9. We all know this one pretty well. This is the transfiguration. Luke 9. Most of us know this pretty well. Um, Luke 9, 26 through uh, 37. All right. For whosoever shall be ashamed of me and of my words, of him shall the Son of Man be ashamed when he shall come in his own glory and in his father's and of the holy angels. But I tell you of a truth, there be some standing here which shall not taste of death till they see the kingdom of God. And it came to pass about an, an eight days after these sayings, he took Peter and John and James and went up into a mountain to pray. Okay? And so sometimes... It, we, we're taken to a mountain. We're even taken to a mountain to to observe these things. Elijah did it. The is the Israelites did it you know, during the um, the Exodus, and now Jesus has has taken um, Peter and James up into a mountain. And as he prayed, the fashion of his countenance was altered, and his raiment was white and glistering. And behold, there talked with him two men, which were Moses and Elijah. Okay, those two. Two of the, the others who we just mentioned in Exodus and in Kings. 
okay, who appeared in glory and spake of his decease, which he should accomplish at Jerusalem. But Peter and they that were with him were heavy with sleep, and when they were awake, they saw his glory and the two men that stood with him. And it came to pass that as they departed from him, Peter said unto Jesus, Master, it is good for us to be here, and let us make three tabernacles, one for thee and one for Moses, and one for Elijah, not knowing what he said. While he thus spake, there came a cloud, there's the cloud again, and overshadowed them, and they feared as they entered into the cloud. So the disciples feared, and they, they, they had this, this quaking within them. And so he, they, they, wanted, they, they don't understand what's going on. And there came a voice out of the cloud saying, this is my beloved son, hear him. And when the voice was passed, Jesus was found alone. And they kept it close and told no man in those days any of those things which they had seen. Jesus. And it came to pass that on the next day when they were come down from the hill, much people met him. Hallelujah. This is this is Jesus. This is Jesus. This is who Jesus is. Luke 21. Jesus led me to Luke. 21 Luke 21 25 through 28 he wants us to notice he, he really does I can feel his Holy Spirit now he wants us to notice he wants us to know who he is he wants to know what it will be like he wants us to know he doesn't want us to be afraid he doesn't want us to be nervous he doesn't want us to be fearful he wants us to know that when he delivers us this is what it's going to be like. He wants us to be prepared. This is Jesus. Luke 21, 25 through 28. And there shall be signs in the sun and the moon and the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the waves roaring. Because Jesus is coming close in the storm. Men's hearts failing them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken and then shall they see the son of man coming in a cloud with power and great glory and when these things begin to come to pass then look up and lift up your heads for your redemption draweth nigh hallelujah we're, we're, we're so close to this. We're so close to this time. You can feel it. The next scripture that Jesus led me to was Revelation 14. Revelation 14. 14 Revelation 14, line 14 through 16. Okay. And I looked and behold a white cloud and upon the cloud one sat like unto the son of man having on his head a golden crown and in his hand a sharp sickle and another angel came out of the temple crying with a loud voice to him that sat on the cloud thrust in thy sickle and reap. For the time has come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. And he that sat on the cloud 
thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. We are so close to this. Jesus sits on this cloud. Hallelujah. Jesus comes with the storm. Jesus comes. Sometimes Jesus comes with the storm. He's coming with the storm. And he says, going to reap the earth. The first fruits. The first fruits. He wants to, he wants us to know that this this is this is this is we're approaching this. Jesus led me to Hosea 9. Go to Hosea 9. It explains this a little bit. Of this this the whole thing with the first fruits. Hosea 9, line 10. In Hosea and in Hosea, Jesus talks to Hosea about the Israelites, right? And it's prophetically he's speaking about this exact verse in Revelation. I found Israel like grapes in the wilderness. I saw your fathers as the first ripe in the fig tree. I saw your fathers as the first ripe in the fig tree. And he waited, he, he, he waited all this time for those, those, those grapes to get ripe and he's, he's going to reap. He's going to reap them. He's going to reap all of us, the multitude, the body, the church. Go to, um, Jesus led me to Matthew 13. Matthew 13. Matthew 13, 24 through 30. But he answered and said, I am not sent but unto the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then came she and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not meet to take the children's bread and cast it to the dogs. And he said, Truth, Lord, yet the dogs eat of the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said unto her, O woman, great is thy faith, be it unto thee, even as thou wilt. We have to remember to be faithful. This is actually in Matthew 15, but I, I know he led me to read that for a reason. Matthew, it's actually Matthew 13, 24 through 30. We have to have faith to know that we will be with him. Um, Matthew 13, line 24. Another parable put he forth unto them, saying, The kingdom of heaven is likened unto a man which sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, his enemy came and sowed tares among the wheat and went his, went his way. But when the blade was sprung up and brought forth fruit, then appeared the tares also. So the servants of the householder came and said unto him, Sir, didst thou sow good seed in thy field? From whence then hath it tares? He said unto them, An enemy hath done this. The servant said unto him, Wilt thou then that we go and gather them up? But he said, Nay, lest while you gather up the tares, ye root up also the wheat with them. Let both grow together until the harvest. And in the time of harvest I will say to the reapers, Gather ye together first the tares, and bind them in bundles, and burn them. But gather the wheat into my barn. That's that's heaven. If we go down just a little bit further to, um, to line 36, Jesus explains it. Then Jesus sent the multitude away and went into the house. And his disciples came unto him, saying, Declare unto us the parable of the tares of the field. He answered and said unto them, He that soweth the good seed is the son of man. The field is the world. The good seed are the children of the kingdom. But the tares are the children of the wicked one. The enemy that sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the world, and the reapers are the angels. As therefore the tares are gathered and burned in the fire, so shall it be in the end of this world. 
The Son of Man shall send forth his angels, and they shall gather out of his kingdom all things that offend, and them which do iniquity, and shall cast them into a furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father, who have ears to hear, who have ears to hear, let him hear. That's the kingdom of heaven. That's Jesus. That's the multitude. That's the church. That's the body. Jesus wants us to know we're going to meet him soon. He's going to come in a storm. And he's going to deliver us in a powerful storm. He's going to blow all of the, all of the, 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 the doubters and the fearful, those who practice witchcraft and deceit. He's going to blow all that away in the storm. He said right there, we, we were just reading Job. He said right there in Job, um, Job 37. Right there in Job 37, that he brings the storm, these winds and the storm, for his land, for correction, for his land, or for mercy. Sometimes Jesus comes with the storm. We can't be afraid. It's his presence. That's why the waves and the seas are roaring. That's why there's so many storms. That's why there's so many hurricanes. That's why there's so many tornadoes. Jesus is fast approaching. This time is approaching. He's coming. He's coming to deliver us, and we have to remain faithful in him. We have to remain faithful in his laws so that when he comes to reap, when he comes to gather us up, we are gathered with him. Hallelujah. Jesus is, is, is great. And sometimes he comes in a storm. We can't be afraid of those storms. Amen. Amen. He says, raise your hand for your redemption is near. Raise your, your hands for your redemption is near. Hallelujah. Does anybody have any uh, any reflections? Anything they want to share? Well, uh, only thing I can say is you have to be ready when he comes because he already told you he's not going to come and, and to you and let you know he's coming. He's going to come as a thief in the night. So you have to be ready because you know not when he's going to come. And he's already been told you that if he comes and find you not worthy, then you're not going. Not with him. Not at that time. So it's important for us to know the signs and the times and know that he is near just as he may be at the door. Because you just, you just don't know when He's coming. Sure enough, don't want to be off court, off guard. You have to, you have to be ready when he comes. Yeah, he's he's close. That's why he tells us to search these scriptures day and night, just like the disciples did. At the end of Acts, they searched the scriptures day and night. He's he's on his way. He's on his way. Thank you, you for that. Stay in prayer. You have, you definitely have to stay in prayer at all times. You know, I mean, you pray daily. You pray anyway, but now it's a must that you pray like morning, noon, night, you know, around the clock, you know, calling on his name, knowing that he's, he's on your side and beside you. You can't, you can't start having doubt and start wavering because he doesn't like a wavering. He likes a, a believer. Right. Yeah. Hallelujah. 
that's a good it's that's a good um lesson today and it, it, it i mean everybody should hear it everybody right now should be concentrating on god but the world right now is set in such turmoil he even said that he was going to make it where people wouldn't even see it wouldn't even understand what's going on so that's why it's important to stay in god's word and to stay in prayer to stay in fellowship because with fellowship you can hold each other up so it's a good thing thank you for that word Daryl. because i mean god is using you in all kinds of ways and he's really using you to lead to get his word out and just to draw, try to draft others in. And all you can do is to plant a seed and just pray that it take the root. And you don't know which seed that you plant will ever take the root. And then you might be years or weeks or months later before someone comes up to you and tell you, hey, you remember that word you were speaking? Well, that really touched me. Well, I got a vision from heaven. Well, I got a vision from an angel telling me about the same word. So it's always right. important to to plant a seed, no matter whether you know whether it's going to take root or grow or not. Because there are people out there that's in dying need to hear the word. Just one word could be a could be could be the difference between life and death of another person. So it's always good for God's people to spread a word, to just be spreading the word. You can be walking down the street and, and praising Jesus' name, and someone will come up to you and ask you about the Lord, or someone right. might kiss you and, and say, praise the Lord, sister, I'm with you. You know, you don't know right. who's going to hear your word. It could be right. a person could be a person in a dying need just to know that God and Christ Jesus is coming back and he does love you no matter what you have done if you call upon his name. So it's always good to be out there to spread the word and to pass the word on. And and you don't know who's listening. You may not you may not think people are listening, but people do listen and people do give a second thought to their own lives. And they, they question yourself. They, they start um, going down a list of, am I doing this right? You know, what am I doing wrong? And that's and that's a big difference in a person's life when they're, you know, confused and don't know what's going on. And right now, the world is in a, a confusable state. But God said he's not a confusing God. So we the people, God's people, have to put the word out there where it's not confusing for others to hear and to know and to be drawn in, even to just to take a look at who else, who who it is that created them, or who it is that always is there for them, no matter in times of good or bad, they should know that they always call on the Lord Jesus. That can be the worst sinner if he comes back to at the last days, he can be forgiven. So we have to let people know that your soul's not lost. If 
if you haven't given your soul over to Satan and you repent to Jesus Christ, that you can be saved. So it's a good thing, and it's a good. We on the other night when we was having a prayer, the pastor brought up. He came to Jobs too, the last chapter of Jobs, and he was telling how much, how much pain and suffering, how much, you know, stuff that Job went to. He never felt. He never traveled with his faith. He always had faith in God. And even though he went through all and lost all that he had, God turned it all around and gave him back everything he had lost double fold. So we just he, we just have to know, we have to let God know that our faith is as strong as Job's faith. That's what he's looking for. Yeah, it's like it's a um there's a there's a there's a hallelujah, there's a patience there. There's a patience there that Job had. There's a patience there that Elijah had to wait out that storm, to wait, because the storm is not just a physical storm. Sometimes these storms can be a physical storm, a storm, a, 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 a mental storm, or a spiritual storm. Right, and it can be a storm that will turn you around. Sometimes you go through a storm just to turn you around. To, to get your mind focused on who who really is creating the storm, really. So I mean, you you may cause a whole lot of it yourself. But sometimes, if most of the time, matter of fact, the storms that you go through, God that you go through to bring you out of to make you strong. And that's and that's one thing you have to hold on to. That no matter the storm, God can bring you out of. It. Amen. Jesus just lead, leads it all. You have to hold on to your faith. You know? Sometimes he, sometimes you feel that he's not in your presence, but he says he will never leave you alone. So you gotta know that. You gotta know it, you gotta believe it, you gotta walk it, you gotta keep it, you gotta live it. You know? And that's how people know who you are when you're in the life of Christ. They can see Christ in you. That's what he wants. He wants others to see you in him. So, I mean, it's, it's just it's so amazing because the closer the time gets, the more, the more, uh, what, what you call it, it's not rushed, but it's a, it's a must need that you know who he is and and you know all about him and then the more you want to know who he is the more you seek his face the more he shows you more and more and more each day here lately i've been in such a peaceful state that i mean anything could come and i would still i still wouldn't lose that peace because that's what that's how i'm walking right now you know, my, my mind and my focus is, is really on him. I had some some extractions, but hey, God is working them all out. I'm putting him first. So everything that I do, I know it's in good hands because I'm walking in favor. So it's a good thing to know that you're walking in favor of God. 
Yeah, it, it is. It is. Even when we were telling you about what that that's that storm, you know, and being in an actual storm, and that and that that tornado being so close, you know, and him comforting us in that moment, like walking in his favor, it really is a um, a special blessing, and we all can have that. You know, and he just he just yeah. wants us to acknowledge him in all of it. Yeah. And just to, you know, I mean, God says that real you're supposed to fear God. But in the truth of the matter is love conquers all fear. If you have that love for God, you don't you don't feel that fear. Even when it's near, it can be like right at your door, but you don't have the fear because you know you're walking. You're walking in the righteousness of God. Right. So it's a good feeling. A good feeling. And I just, I, I just, I pray for people and I pray for the world, but it's really nothing that we can do for the people or the world but to shed. God's word, pray for, and, you know, just pray that they will turn around. And that's all they need to do is turn around and accept who he is. And he is their God. He's the creator of all. There's none other. And as long as we know that he is the one that's in control, we have to, we have no fear, you know? Because he's going to do what he's going to do. And whatever's written. It will come to pass. So it's, it's just something that's going to happen. He already told us it's going to happen. And he told us to have no fear. To stand, stand still. You know? Stand yep. still. That's what we have to do. Stand still. Yep. Be a good carriage. Ain't that what he tell you? Yep. Stand Be still because your redemption draws near. You know, don't grow weary. These prophecies are true, and it's coming to pass. It's it's coming faster and faster every single day. Right. <laughs> when we read those scriptures, we know what has already happened, and He talks about it throughout all the scriptures, and He talks about what He what did happen to the first people. So our ancestors, you know, so. He, he brought us into the promise. He gave us the promised land. Our, our ancestors never made it into the promised land. So it was the new the new generation. So right. now it's, it's, it's up to us to fulfill his desire. His desire is to be his people. And that's what he wants. So we have to look forward to that. Because if we look forward to that, and we hold on to that. We know that after this life, we have eternal life. Where we ain't got to worry about none of this. What we've been through, what we're going through. Because right. once we get through it, it's, it's for eternity. And that's what I'm, that's what my, I'm setting my goal for. That's what I'm setting my feet to go on that path. And because like I said, I've come too far to, to turn back now. And what I, I feel I feel what God has 
hold on to my faith and hold on to his grace and, and thank him for his mercy because in this, the way the world is now, everybody needs to be crying out for mercy. Amen. Because this our United States is in danger of God's hellfire. So God's people need to stay, just like he said, focused on who he is. Because he's not he's not joking, you know, he did it before and he's gonna do it again. Those ones that's not in him, those ones that do not love them, those ones that do not know them will be destroyed. And when you read, when you read about the destruction of what he attempts to do to the people who are disobedient, not in the Washington, on it, do not love him, who do not know him, you don't want to go through that. I know I don't. I don't want to live eternal hell, being tortured for the rest of my life. I don't want that. No. says they it says they they go to hell but then hell is cast into the yep. lake of fire yeah and they're tormented what all the days of their life it's not like they're going to be be tossed in the lake of fire and live and drink and have marriages and be free no they're tormented they're not even allowed to die because they're going to be With him. He he's going to try, try to take as many with him as he, he can. He, because he's, he knows he will never come to be, be able to go to heaven again. So he, hey, he's out there and he's roaring and he's trying to destroy. And who, who is he after? He's after our children. He's after the grandchildren. He's after the child. Because if he feels if he can stop the stop the child and he can stop all creations of God. So and and that's who he's after. He's after God's children. He don't, he don't need to go after the ones that's walking unrighteousness. You know why? Because he already got them. But as soon as they turn their foot and try to come back to God, who does he go after? He tries to go after God's people. He don't want nobody going to God. Closer you get to God, God, the more power you have, and the more power you have, you can trample on Him. So He don't want that. So He tries to send you trouble in every way He know how to get you to turn. He says in and there, He delivered turn, us from the power, all the power of the enemy. That's what Jesus said. He said, "I've delivered you from all the power of the enemy." Okay. And and, yes. and Satan is Satan is these. He's an accuser. He's 
he's deceiving and so we have to know you know he even tries to make us he even tries to make us afraid of the presence of of jesus you know and and this is this yes. is exactly this is exactly what this this sermon was about about not being afraid of his presence because satan tries to 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 make it seem like there's something else going on that we're being and condemned we, yep, that we're being and, condemned and how many times does he do that when you fail when you fail or you fall he's the first one saying they're telling you oh god's not going to forgive you oh you really committed a sin this time you 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 just throwing this sin over and over again but what does he what does christ tell you when you repent, bring all repentance unto me, and you shall be forgiven. And what did he tell? What did he tell um, you about your brother? If your brother sins against you seven times, how many times? You forgive you, seventy-seven how, times. You seven. Forgive your. Seven, how many times? times. You forgive your brother. Seven, seventy times seven. You know. So. Mm -hmm. if, if God wants you to forgive your brother that many times, how many times do you? God will forgive you. Mm -hmm. If you be sincere mm -hmm. and you come to him, bring all your sins unto him. Repent. You repent. I repent every day. I repent because I don't know what sin I might have committed. There's sins I might have committed and there's sins, unknown sins that I might have committed. I might be walking and doing something that I don't even know that is a sin, but I'm going to be covered for it because I covered it in the blood of Jesus Christ. And I go to him each and every day asking for his forgiveness of all sins. Make known unto me any sins that I do not know about. And I ask him to correct who I am. You know, make me a better person. Change me to who you want me to be. Holy as I are holy. Because we got to be holy like him. In order to come to heaven, we got to be holy. And that ain't no easy task when you're walking in the flesh. No. You got to come from out the flesh. You got to walk in the spirit. He, he says that he says spirit. we gotta we uh, we to take up our take up our cross and to follow him. We take up our cross to follow him. Yeah. We look at what he did. What did he do on the cross? He said that he he turned his back to the smiters, and he didn't he didn't cry out against those that beat him, those that whipped him. Those that stabbed him, he didn't cry out against any of those. And it says in the, in the, in the Bible, it says Jesus is the most, he is long-suffering. He is long-suffering, long-suffering yep. and forgiving. So he's, he's willing to forgive even those that beat him, spit on him, and scratched him, tore out his beard. It yep. says he's just got his beard torn out. He did all of that. He is the most yep. long-suffering. We're to walk after his example, forgiving 77 times. He said, he says, be prepared because even as he was prosecuted, those who walk in faith and walk in Jesus Christ shall be prosecuted. Mm -hmm. So we, we, you, we have to look forward to a lot because it says that we who love Jesus Christ and walk in his likeness shall be prosecuted, just as the, his disciples and his prophets was prosecuted we ourselves could be prosecuted yeah and it's and it's an ongoing thing and, he, and again like we we read it in the last sermon that he says that 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 um that persecution that that builds up patience which builds up hope which builds up faith and that 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 increases our faith in him 
knowing that that that, yeah. that 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 one day that that day he's going to deliver us from all of those things. Um, Ashley, did you yeah. have anything you wanted to share? Um, it made me think because um, last night I got up and prayed in the middle of the night and felt like the peace of God come on to me. And then um, when I went back to sleep, I was woken up by um, what I thought was a tornado outside, but it was a powerful, powerful, strong presence. I knew the presence was God, and that's what made me actually fall asleep, was his presence. But then when I woke up, um, I knew that Satan was trying to cause me to be afraid. And I was looking outside, and I even heard God telling me, like, you know, all is well. Like, don't don't let Satan um, disrupt you, you know, like disrupt you from feeling my peace. But go back, go back to sleep. And I just couldn't. You know, do that without trying to confirm that it wasn't a tornado outside, and trying to convince myself like, oh well, you know, gotta gotta be on point with the storms. But it was like it was nothing on the radar. You know, when you hear no sirens and you know, when the wind, when the rain, like you know, so it was literally like you know, still that fear there. So that made me think about that, and it's I feel like the um, sermon was on point because. I've experienced it many times, you know, and it's just God, God does come in those storms, like it says in all of those scriptures and, you know, looking and I, and I, um, really liked how you put it where you were saying us being prepared for his arrival and, um, being prepared for whatever that may be, you know, it, it may come in the form of a storm, oh, but we have to, um, not be afraid of that. So I think that that really stood out to me was um, not being afraid of God and who he is because we know that he's mighty, you know, but we can't be afraid of being in his presence because when you serve him, he's going to come to you like he came to Elijah, like he came to Ezekiel, like he came to Moses, like he is, he's going to come to us. Like you can't be afraid and I, and um and don't not to push him away because um of that fear, like how our ancestors did in the desert, where they didn't want to see him, they didn't want to hear, it. they just only wanted to hear it through Moses. Right. Um, you know. Yep. So. And even and even going through the uh, desert with Moses, even though they knew that Moses was who he was and. Moses was serving a God that was leading to him. Even they knew all of that, but still wasn't able to cope with their their unbelief, their belief. Right. For them. Yeah. So a lot of them, they just you know they they um what you say what you would say they fainted because even when Moses left them to go up to the mountains. To talk, to talk to God. By the time he came back, <clears throat> that quick, they had took the silver and gold and made it into a calf. And they wanted to worship a, a, a calf. So Moses being, they, they caused Moses really to lose his position.
position of going into the promised land because Moses, by that time, Moses was so fed up with their unbelief that he forgot even that he was supposed to do as God told him to do. And he just, you know, he was just so mad. And that's what caused Moses to lose his his way into the promised land. So in, in none of none of that generation, none of the um, our ancestor generation even entered into the promised land because they was destroyed before they got there. Right. And God himself, and God himself is the ones who destroyed them. And the only ones that went into the promised land was the generations of our it's, it's interesting because they were they were fearful when when God told them to go into the promised land and he said it he said it through Moses and then when they when Joshua and them spied out the land they seen those those giants and they told them about the giants they kept talking about it and they kept talking more and more about it and doubt came and fear came and that's exactly what Satan does he puts he tries he tries again he tries to put fear in but if yep. we let it in if we yep. let it in if we believe that you know, then it, it, it makes it makes people shrink back and that's what happened. They said we don't we don't want to go and we're afraid. And 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 God Jesus that stirred him up and he told him, he judged him and said, You will not see the promised land, only your children. And so even on even on that note, I wanna yeah. I wanna play you I wanna play this short this short clip real quick. And it's from a movie okay. and I think I think all of us should watch okay. this. It's two parts to it. The first one is called okay. Patterns of Evidence, the Exodus. And the second one is called Patterns of Evidence, the case, the Moses controversy. It's called the, the second one is called the Moses controversy. And so it goes through all of the archaeological proof for the Exodus and for um, Moses and for the, um, the Hebrew um, writings and the, and the older Proto-Hebrew writing and, um, and script. And so this is just a piece of it, and, okay. it, and it goes right into what we were talking about with the Exodus. So I thought that would be great. And again, I'll, I'll post it up for everybody who didn't get a chance to join on the. Um, yeah. the